Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak, and today we are stepping outside the marriage. That's right, we are cheating. Well, not us exactly, but we are talking about why women cheat. This is part three of a three-part series. We first talked to Nikki, an Ashley Madison client and a woman actively engaged in affairs. And then we talked to Paul, who is the chief strategy officer at Ashley Madison last week. And this week we are talking to Isabella, who is on their communications team, and she co-authored The Good Wife Study, which was all about female infidelity. And I just want to review a few of the kind of most interesting findings to me before we dive into this interview. So what is the primary reason you choose to cheat? The top reason was lonely slash bored in my marriage with 28%. That was followed by more satisfying slash adventurous sex, which came in with 15.7%. And then number three was spouse loss, sex drive, slash suffers chronic illness with 13.2%, which are wildly different answers. But those are the top three. And Alicia Walker, who is the author of The Secret Life of the Cheating Wife, Power, pragmatism, and pleasure in women's infidelity said more than half of the women I talked to said, I'm in a sexless marriage or I'm not having orgasms, and that's why I'm cheating. How did women rate their sex life out of 10? Four out of 10 with their spouse, six out of 10 before they got married, seven out of 10 with their affair partner. And do women feel guilty for cheating? The perception that women have a higher moral compass or feel more guilt for infidelity doesn't ring true. However, they do feel more judged by society for straying. 43% said an affair is morally wrong and I don't feel guilty. 31% said an affair is not morally wrong and I do not feel guilty. 25% said an affair is morally wrong and I do feel guilty. And 7% said an affair is not morally wrong, and I do feel guilty. That's really interesting. So I'm going to post a link to the study, and you guys can look more into the results if you are curious. But anyway, this series has elicited quite a response, which kind of surprised me because it originally ran in 2020. It is coming to us from the archives. And... When it originally ran, I do not remember it getting the same response. I do remember it being a popular series, but I don't remember any backlash. But this time, 
I have gotten a couple negative reviews. However, <laughs> it is still as popular as ever. People are gobbling up this series. So it's just interesting. I have said in every single part, I am not condoning cheating. I've never cheated on anyone. I don't care to. And still, I think we can take a look at this subject, you know, just take a clear-eyed look at why people, women especially, are doing this and do it without a ton of judgment. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. We are talking with Isabella from the communications team at Ashley Madison and co-author of The Good Wife Study. And this is a fascinating conversation to wrap up the series. I am so excited to talk to you, Isabella. You are co-author of The Good Wife Study. I guess you can say um, you can say that, yes, I was part of the team that, um, that conducted the, the research for The Good Wife Study. So I think we just really want to dig in, right? I mean, Paul talked a little bit about the differences between why men and women cheat, but we want to really dig into the research and the stats with you and, and help us understand from kind of like a science-y perspective. That's a great question. So just as background, I joined the company a little uh, over three years ago. And when I first joined, I didn't know a whole lot about infidelity. I probably knew as much as the average person. I had never really experienced infidelity in my life. So I really went in with the attitude that I'm going to really seek to understand our membership as much as possible. And if I can understand them, then I think I'll have a really good shot at representing their, their perspective and doing my job a lot better. And so I, you know, from the very beginning of working here, I just started talking to members. I would have phone calls with them. I would ask them what first brought them to our site, where they were at in their life. And a lot of these people I, I spoke to were women, of course, that are on the site, um, men as well. But I, I did um, focus sort of a lot of my conversations around female infidelity, because I did think that was really fascinating, only because I feel in a lot of what we learn in mainstream media about cheating is really from the male perspective. So when we conducted the research last year, I don't think I was really surprised with the results because it was confirming a lot of what I already knew based on actually speaking to the women directly throughout my, my time at the company. So it definitely reinforced a lot of what we at Ashley Madison learn around infidelity and why women cheat. But I think the general public, uh, it did break down some of those misconceptions. Do you want to talk about some of those misconceptions that exist in like popular culture and just like the public consciousness about women and cheating? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, there's the belief that monogamy is somehow easier for women or more appealing to women compared to men. So that was one myth that I think we thought to maybe break down a bit. And what this research found is that women do find marriage purposeful, but they actually find the monogamy piece sexually unappealing. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Wednesday Martin, but she wrote a book on this topic as well. And she talked about how um, women actually tend to become bored with monogamy before men do in long-term relationships. And what really happens, I think, in a lot of situations is women might lose interest in sex with their primary partner, their spouse, um, because it's just not fulfilling for them, whether it's because they're not reaching orgasm or it's just not the type of sex they want or you know, they get bored. And so the men, I think, assume in a lot of ways that the wife just 
isn't interested in sex anymore at all. Um, but what's actually happening is when these women step outside their marriage and have a fair sex, they realize, no, wait, I, I do like sex. And, and they sort of um, have this awakening a bit with sort of what sex is like outside the marriage. And so I think just that topic around monogamy being easier for women and harder for men and that whole line of thinking, I think we really wanted to peel that back a bit. And, you know, the study found 64% of women actually feel sexually neglected in their primary relationship. And 47% were um, rarely, if ever, receiving oral sex from their spouse. That's wild. Another 40% not reaching orgasm. So, you know, that sort of contributed to this idea of like the dead bedroom and, and the sexless marriages. And I think that that, you know, is very, very fascinating. And so for us, again, we just wanted to help better understand and share what's really happening with, with women. It looks like, according to your research, that the seven-year itch is a real thing that happens. Yeah, that's sort of the point in which we were finding that um, the average woman had her first affair at the seven-year mark. So I think, you know, a couple of things, you know, can factor into that, you know, by that point, probably begin starting a family, having kids. And as everyone knows, kids are the first thing to sort of affect that dynamic between the couple. It's not just them anymore. And, you know, their partnership becomes you know, totally different and revolves around that family structure and co-parenting and all those things. So sometimes their sex life takes a backseat. Yeah. Soph and I are kind of like ride the same wavelength on this, I think. But the boredom factor or the needing other attention or whatever totally tracks for me and my personal experience, regardless of how happy I am in the, you know, relationship. Absolutely. And that's another myth, actually, that you're sort of touching on is this idea of happiness. People, I think, assume um, that when people cheat, they're looking to leave their marriage or they're in an unhappy marriage. And that, in fact, uh, you know, we found not to be true. Dr. Alicia Walker is an academic out of the University of Missouri. And her research, she spoke to women on Ashley Madison as well, who really said that their affairs were, were a supplement to their marriage and, and not a, a threat. They were, uh, in fact, straying to stay married. That's exactly what Nikki said yesterday when we talked to her. Exactly. So what women are finding is they get so much out of their that works for them. You know, their spouse is their best friend. They're a reliable co-parent. You know, they build this life together. Um, they're financial partners. They have a house. They may have a cottage. They have, you know, the same group of friends, you know, so they really like their life. And they find their relationship is actually fulfilling in so many ways. But their intimate life isn't what they need it to be. Um, they're not getting the sex they want. They're not getting the sex frequently enough. There's just, there's a mismatch there. And so the way they see it is it's not worth throwing this all away just because of the sex. And what if I can outsource that physical component that I'm missing in my marriage and get that elsewhere and then return home and return to my partner, my family life, you know, more patient, more loving, because there's not that gap anymore, that, that void. You know, I've come to realize, I think, stems from expecting so much from one person for this really long period of time. 
But what you're describing is like the classic male perspective on cheating, right? Exactly. And, and I, it's not just for men. And also, I just want to bring it back to the seven-year itch. What I thought was really interesting is, so at five years in, people noticed a decline in sexual frequency. Six years in, a decline in sexual quality. And then seven years in, had their first affair. I found that to be really fascinating. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and I think, you know, so much changes in a marriage. And I think when we take those vows, and I say we as if I'm married, I'm actually not married. <laughs> so, um, you know, everything I know about marriage is just, you know, from what I've learned from other people. But I imagine, you know, you take those vows and you make this promise, you know, this explicit promise, a lot of implicit assumptions about what each person believes monogamy is, what each person expects out of their sex life long term and how things are going to be. There's a lot of assumptions on how that will go and people grow and change. And the person you kind of find yourself married to 10, 15 years in might be very different than the person that you exchanged vows with. And, you know, you really need to be dancing to the same beat. And that presents itself in many different ways. And in this case, I think what we hear from women is that, you know, maybe they're not as attracted to their spouse as they once were. Or maybe, again, sex for their spouse doesn't need to happen as often. Or, you know, the biggest complaint is they're just women aren't having orgasms. And so I think a lot of them are faced with that choice. And, you know, a lot of women will try to go the therapy route or they'll try to introduce different elements to their sex life. But, again, it doesn't surprise me that when we get that seven-year mark, it does get tough to justify staying with the status quo. Because at that point, again, there's a really high likelihood that you have kids in a family life and other responsibilities that have crept in. So it's not really just about the couple anymore, right? That, and again, I think a lot of times those things, sort of the needs of the couple take a backseat to the wider management of the household. And again, I think women, I don't necessarily think that they're having affairs for the first time or, or, you know, taking matters into their own hands for the first time, but it's the first time we're really hearing about it and they're being sort of more forthcoming about it. There is a stat out there that says women infidelity has increased around 40% since the 90s and male infidelity has remained relatively the same. And again, is that, is that, wow. is that because um, women are treating more or is it because women are finally more comfortable um, being open about their uh, dissatisfaction with their sex lives or more open with the fact that they're needing these things, you know, and they're going to get them on their own if they're not getting them at home. Is, is it that openness and that comfort level with being more honest? But um, I definitely think that these beliefs that we thought were only true to men are, you know, really revealing themselves to be, you know, things that women are feeling as well. And I also think the way we've been viewing cheating is like old fashioned in terms of like, oh, the men are doing the cheating. It's like, well, it takes two people to cheat. So unless every affair is between two men, the heterosexual affairs, there's always a man and a woman cheating. Yeah. And it also, I think, dates back to the fact that, you know, historically men were the ones leaving the house to go to work and the women stayed home mm -hmm. and ran the house. Exactly. So now 
you know, that has all changed. Women are leaving the house as well. Sometimes women are the breadwinners. There's so many, you know, facets to this um, that have, I, I believe, led to the empowerment of women when it comes to their sex lives as well. Um, we don't really have to shy away from that stuff or pretend that, you know, we don't have the same sexual needs as men do. And I think, again, so much of the sexual experience is tied around male pleasure, right? You, it's very obvious um, when a man has, you know, has climax during sex. Take that even. You know, it's not always so obvious, which is why you have women faking orgasms and thinking that that's sort of the, the thing to do. You know, it's just, so there's so many things I think that factor in. And I think why research around female sexuality and infidelity is so important now. Oh my gosh, privates, I have to tell you about a sponsor I am freaking obsessed with, really and truly. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. And listen, I need it to be easy. <laughs> they deliver pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. They give you over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie and more. I am obsessed with the protein version. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel good week of meals ready to go. You guys, you don't even understand. This checks all the boxes for me. The meals only take two minutes to get ready, actually two and a half in my microwave, but two and a half is nothing. The meals are not frozen. They come to you fresh and they are so delicious. Both my partner and I have just been gobbling them up. Wade was like, oh my God, this chicken is like so good. And that's true. Like I had the smoky Gouda chicken with 40 grams of protein and it was so friggin' good. They also have snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And it actually saves you money. Factor is less expensive than takeout. It's actually less expensive than the frozen meals that I buy at my local grocery store, which I was shocked by. I was like, are you telling me I don't even have to go there? They're gonna ship it to me and it's less per meal? It's seriously, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily. And it's flexible for your schedule. You get as little or as much as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking or cleanup needed. This is so my style, you guys don't even understand. And it's gonna be your style too, because all you gotta do is head over to factormeals.com slash private50 and use code private50 to get 50% off. What? There's seriously no risk to trying this. You're getting an incredible deal. So use code PRIVATE50 at factormeals.com slash PRIVATE50 to get 50% off. You guys, you have to try it. I have been eating this stuff nonstop for a couple weeks and it is so, so good. So one more time, head on over to factormeals.com slash PRIVATE50 and use code PRIVATE50 to get 50% off and 
Honey, we are going to be eating the exact same thing. Well, actually not because they have so many different options. Anyway, enjoy. Bon appetit. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This also ties in to our kind of conversation with Nikki yesterday, too. But you guys have, do women feel guilty for cheating? And some stats on that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I think the issue around um, guilt and shame, again, is one that we can talk for, you know, for for days on. I think um, there's so much about sexuality that is still yet to be understood. But what we found in our research specifically was 37% of the females that we went to um, believe an affair is morally wrong, but they don't feel guilty. So what that tells me is they know, you know, maybe this isn't the quote unquote right thing to do. Um, maybe, you know, maybe they're not being honest with themselves and it's, you know, they're doing something that's sort of secret on the side. But I think the reason they don't feel guilt is because in their mind, they're doing the, the best thing to sort of keep their, their family together. They're doing the best thing to keep their marriage intact long term. And they, again, if you um, refer back to what we talked about before with Dr. Alicia Walker's research, you know, women are choosing to outsource their sex, but they're not getting in their marriage. So that's a very pragmatic approach. They're compartmentalizing that piece in a way, again, that we only think men do. We always say things like men are better at compartmentalizing the stuff. Um, they don't get as emotionally attached after sex, that type of thing. But what's reflected in this research, and again, research from other experts that sort of tell a similar story, is that women are making this pragmatic choice and they're vetting affair partners in a very specific and intentional way. They want sex. They want sex that is pleasurable for them and that will fulfill them in their need in that moment. But they still want to carry on their marriage and home life just the same. So it's very much like almost a form of self-care for them. So are open relationships bad for business? You know, polyamory is on everyone's tongue. It's 2020. Have you done any research or had any conversations that shed light on why someone would have an affair instead of be open with their partner about having additional partners? Yeah, I think it's an excellent question. So we do have open couples that are on our site. And I think uh, the interesting thing with open relationships is, yes, they're very transparent with each other, but they actually still value that discretion. So a lot of the um, open couples I speak to who are on our site, um, yes, they know, but their families might not know and their friends might not know. So they actually still want to have that discretion and keep it something just between them. We have a lot of couples that have come to our site to meet other partners. And uh, I think as things evolve, uh, I, I don't, I, I think there's, you know, 
going to always be value in some discretion. Um, and I think with open relationships, they're all very different as well. And I think the level in which you know open couples choose to manage their open relationship is very unique to each couple. And in a lot of ways, there can still be opportunities between those open relationships for things to kind of like go off sometimes. Like, so what I mean by that is when you're in an open relationship, you have rules that you have an agreement in place. Maybe it's that, you know, I need to know all about your dates after they happen, or you only can go on three, you know, meetings with someone and not take it any further. Like I'm sure again, there are rules in place for each couple as they choose, but sometimes there's still in those open relationships, people that choose to do something outside of that, that's maybe secret or maybe just for themselves. It's super fascinating how this is all evolving, but I definitely think that there is definitely a place for that on our site. And we definitely see a lot of couples who um, come to us and are open about their, what they're looking for. Nikki talked about not wanting to have be in an open relationship, that there's something about the thrill of it and just that she doesn't want her husband to be doing the same thing. Do you hear a lot of that? I think that's interesting. Yes, I've heard that before. And I think definitely um, there is an element like what you talked about where this, the thrill of the secret and the thrill of just having something for yourself that no one else really knows about. When someone is, is choosing to pursue an outside relationship, I think the first thing people say is, well, either why don't you just tell your partner that this is what you need and see if they'll give that to you, which is in effect opening a relationship, or why don't you just get a divorce? And I think, again, some people just don't want either of those. And what you just mentioned is a great example. She's not, you know, she doesn't want to have that open relationship because that is a totally different set of rules and agreements in place. And a lot of women, I think they feel like, not entirely comfortable even suggesting that to their partner. And I think it requires like, a, you know, a very specific couple to be able to both be on the same page with that. So I think a lot of our members just feel like this route is best for them. So how long have you been with your partner, Isabella? Uh, no, I'm not married. I'm dating. So I'm single and dating. So it's definitely interesting when I get to tell people where I work. <laughs> <laughs> so... Can you see yourself being a client at some point? Can you see yourself wanting this type of outlet for yourself? Yeah, I always say, you know, never say never. I'm there. I was an open-minded person to begin with um, before starting at the company. I definitely think this has opened me up way more to what marriage is all about. And, and I've got, I've certainly got to learn from a lot of different people. So I would say I'm a lot more open-minded now for sure. And I think that monogamy is wonderful. My parents have been married for 38 years. Um, I have lots of friends who are married. And I think monogamy is a great thing for a lot of couples. I don't think it's for everyone. And I think that the way we are conditioned is that monogamy is sort of the, the thing to do. Um, and I think a lot of people try. And I think that they struggle. And I think people that struggle with monogamy are not bad people. I think there are people that struggle with monogamy um, because it's not easy. So for myself, I think when I do, if and when I choose to get married, I think I will do it with eyes open. Um, I love this idea that I've you know, recently learned from one of our you know, experts we work with of the monogamy agreement. So when you get married, you have a monogamy agreement, but it is not something that is necessarily forever. It's 
this is the monogamy we are agreeing to today. And let's revisit this in a year or in five years or after we have kids or after the kids have left the house. And I think that's something that you have to, you know, continually um, check in with your partner on because the, mon the monogamy agreement you have year one might not work when your kids are moved out of the house. You might look at each other and go, okay, well, that was fun, but we're not on the same page anymore. Or we might need to change this thing. Or maybe five years in, I want to do more of this. What do you think? I maybe want to have a third partner in, you know, in the bedroom. What do you think about that? I want to try this thing. I think encouraging that open dialogue rather than thinking that your marriage is never going to change or the people are never going to change in a marriage. Like I think things just really evolve and you need to be someone that understands that it's not a fairy tale. It's not you know, easy. It's something that you need to really, I think, um, understand is it's a challenge. It's something I think both, couple, both parts of the couple have to really work on it. So that's a strong maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think again, like I, but I think to the other end, like if someone were to potentially cheat on me or, you know, step outside our relationship, I think I, I, that wouldn't be necessarily a deal breaker for me. Like it might've been before. And I think that again, it's just, there's so many layers to this. It's not um, right and wrong, good and, good and bad necessarily in the way that I might've thought of it before. I think there's just so many layers to it. So I think I've certainly become more understanding and open to um, life's possibilities and sort of managing the complexity of relationships, if that makes sense. Totally. The older I get, the less judgmental I feel like I become about same everything, but including sexuality. Yeah, we're all human beings just trying to do our best. And it's not always going to be easy. But I think, again, like the, the less judgment and the more seeking to understand I think the better. And I think that's what I've definitely experienced in talking to members. And I'm sure you experienced that when you spoke to the member and um, just sort of getting those different perspectives and realizing that monogamy does work for a lot of people. We can't convince people who are satisfied with their monogamy to, to cheat. Um, we don't have that power of persuasion. But for people out there that are considering an outside partner or looking outside their marriage to fulfill something that's missing, I think we certainly help them do so in a discreet way that makes sense to them. Well, thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you both for your time. Oh, thanks again, Isabella. I thought that was just the perfect way to end this series. And thank you to former co-host Sophia Alexandra for blessing us with her presence in this episode. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Private Parts Unknown. Stay tuned right here because I have got another sexy episode coming your way next week. I'm going to be back again with Paul, the Chief Strategy Officer at Ashley Madison, and we are actually going to talk about 2024 relationship trends and Spoiler alert, non-monogamy is on the rise. That is very much happening. <laughs> and these days, it's happening a little bit more consensually. Like the affair paradigm might be shifting, which is very interesting. Again, we'll get to that next week. So for the latest episodes, look down and make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast player now. On most of the platforms, it's like a follow or a subscribe button. On Spotify, it's like a little bell. To stay in touch between episodes, follow me at Courtney Kosak. 
My last name is K-O-C-A-K on Instagram and Twitter and follow the show at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and at Private Parts Un on Twitter. And hey, baby, I am shamelessly trying to hit the top 1% on OnlyFans always and forever. So if you are interested in a Playboy style peek behind the podcast, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans account at OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show. It is a very horny way to help support the show. So if you are interested, do not hesitate to join me. It is OnlyFans.com slash Coco Peep Show. And of course, subscribe to our newsletter at PrivatePartsUnknown.substack.com. There is a link in the episode description for that. And subscribe to the Private Parts Unknown YouTube channel for the video version of a bunch of episodes. It's YouTube.com slash PrivatePartsUnknown. That is YouTube.com slash PrivatePartsUnknown. And check out my other podcasts for more of my audio creations. I have The Bleeders about book writing and publishing and podcast bestie which is a best friend to podcasters trying to grow and monetize their shows and shout out to amy roush for the bomb ass theme music for more info about amy and her music check out amyroush.com that's amy r-a-a-s-c-h.com this episode was mixed by my beloved audio guy michael castaneda of plastic audio And after enjoying this content, could we ask you for a quick favor? Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and give us a five-star rating and review. I actually got two new reviews, I think inspired by this series in the last couple days. I got one from Stacy MC, thought-provoking coverage of taboo topics. This podcast gets me thinking. She covers topics that aren't mainstream, but in a sensitive, comprehensive, and balanced way. It's definitely the podcast that gets me and keeps me thinking, and I love discussing it with my partner. I freaking love that, Stacy. Thank you so much. And <laughs> begrudgingly voracious listener also gave us five stars and said, fun, informative, interesting, even if you're more vanilla. (laughs) I love that. Hey, I'm kind of vanilla. This is honestly interesting and insightful. I enjoy hearing about other people's experiences and getting a fresh perspective. While some things are definitely not my bag, I appreciate understanding how other people experience relationships. This is what I am saying. We don't have to agree with everybody. We can just be curious and open-minded and trying to understand. I think that's like a really healthy way to approach these kinds of conversations. So anyway, thank you so much to Stacy MC and begrudgingly voracious listener. <laughs> I hope I hope it's not so begrudging. <laughs> anyway, we currently have 284 ratings on Apple Podcasts and we would love to get to 285 and get another five-star review. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and a review with Sweet Nothings, what you love about the show. And if you are listening on Spotify, we are currently at 139 and we want to hit 140 on Spotify. So if you are listening on Spotify, you can help us out by going to the three dots on our page next to the wheel and then just hit rate show and give us five stars. That would be amazing. Or you can give us a rating and review no matter where you listen to the show by going to ratethispodcast.com slash private and giving us a five-star rating and a review. It means truly so much to me. Both of these reviews that came in this week, I was like, yes, 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 yes. I 
awesome. <laughs> and wait, there is one more way you can help support the show. We are now on the Fountain app. So if you are listening on a V4V platform and you get value from this show, you can support us by sending a boostagram. You can even send a comment along with your boost. And I have to say, those are my favorite messages to get because they come with money. Thank you so much for sticking with me until the end. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring. Love you, privates. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.